Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. This is the London is Blue podcast. Your home for the champions of England. Bringing all Chelsea fans together here, near, and far. Hosted by Dan, Nick, and Brandon. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to a special episode of the London is Blue podcast presented by worldsoccershop.com. Unlike most episodes, I do not have Dan or Nick with me. I'm riding solo for this episode, but don't worry, I do have a new guest joining me, Yusuf from Dribble. How's it going, man? Good. How's it going, Brandon? Good to finally get on the show. Absolutely. No, it's good. It's actually a little cold and rainy here in Minneapolis today. Not my favorite time of summer, but nonetheless, I'm excited to kind of jump on a pod and have a chat with you. So, for those of our fans who aren't familiar with what Dribble is, first off, you're a Chelsea fan, right? I'm a big Chelsea fan. I mean, I'm here in London, based in London. I've been trying to get a season ticket for about three years to no avail. Um, but I'm thinking it's going to, I think this year's the year. I've just renewed my membership. Uh, I'm going to go to try and go to every game in away game. So yeah, wish oh, me luck. That's massive. We would, we're going to wish you massive luck. And then, um, and then obviously the next part of that is what is Dribble specifically? So Dribble is a daily fancy football. It's actually soccer only. We only do soccer um, games. There are no budgets or salary caps as you call them in the US. Uh, and it's a five-a-side gameplay so you only pick a defender uh, sorry a goalkeeper defender uh, two midfielders and a striker so we like to keep it real quick real simple 
Um, we've just gone into partnership with Skybet, who are the big um, sort of betting house here in the UK. And our main gameplay is something that you guys in the US are used to, which is the, the snake draft. Uh, we do 1v1 snake draft. Um, and then we've just launched Dream Team as well, which is where you can go in, pick five your best, the, the five players you think are going to do best in any game day and, uh, and enter into a small contest against four people. So we are daily fantasy soccer, um, mobile only, and, uh, and, and you only pick five players. So that's what we do at Dribble. No, it's great. Like, thankfully, we've been chatting for about a month now before we've actually gotten you on the pod. And you introduced me to it, uh, sent me the link, and I've jumped on it. And, like, this obviously isn't a paid ad or anything for all of our listeners out there. This is a genuine Chelsea fan chat. Uh, but for anyone who doesn't want to do a full season-long kind of fantasy Premier League with 11 players and three on the bench, uh, it is pretty fun. So, like I said, like, true, honest recommendation. Check it out if you guys want. Uh, but most importantly, we are here to talk about the upcoming Community Shield match. It's against Arsenal, and that's all we're talking about. We're going to keep it down to what's important. Um, and Yusuf, we've obviously got you on this uh, special episode because at Dribble, you guys track players' performances. And I think it'd be fun to kind of use some of that information to talk about Chelsea's uh, predicted lineup, what we think uh, for the Community Shield, right? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We... Uh... We get all of our sort of stats and data from from uh, a company called Opta, which does all the stats here, and we convert them into into our own points. So it's going to be exciting to look at the um, my dream team for Chelsea this this game game day, um, and to see sort of how it stack up against the the best Arsenal potential team. And these guys want revenge, so let's pull out the best players here. Oh, absolutely. So without any more delay, let's go ahead and jump right in to our match preview. So it'll be a chance at the FA Cup Revenge, kind of like Yusuf said. We're going to be playing Arsenal in the FA Community Shield. It's going to be at Wembley this coming Sunday, August 8th. We've only got a couple days until the first semi-official match of the season happens. Uh, so let's go ahead and let's start with how these two teams from London matched up for this showdown. And we can decide which, comp- you know, the whole point of the Community Shield is like, which champion is better, the one of the FA Cup or the one versus the Premier League season? Yeah, that's, a, that's a good point, yeah. You know, and I think that with that being said, um, I think most people say like winning the league is, is significantly more important than the FA Cup. We'll get to that. But just to remind everyone, Chelsea won the 2016-2017 Premier League season with 93 points, seven points above the second place team, who shall remain unnamed on this episode. Uh Chelsea lead the league with the most clean sheets at 16, had the fourth highest goal scorer, and Costa didn't even take penalties to get up there like the others above him did. And we had the second best goal difference. Uh, Obviously, Yusuf, I think the most impressive stat from last season was the 13-match win streak. Not unbeaten, United, okay? Win streak. Obviously tied the Invincibles from Arsenal for that record. And that's what really kind of stood out and propelled uh, the team to the title and really probably got all the players to buy into Antonio Conte and literally anything he said. I think so. I think when you come off a season like the one we had before that with, with Mourinho and you have this new coach who's come in from Italy where, where, where we've got to remember as well, like Italians always kind of unfairly described as, as defensive, right? And to go on a 13-win win streak, um, I think that kind of blew all the, all the sort of, um, you know, uh, myths about Italian football away and they really started to trust uh, Antonio Conte and uh, and think you know what we could actually have a chance at this this season 
there's no shortage of goals during that stretch. Uh, Antonio Conte definitely loved his attacking football. Uh, funny for a defensive midfielder himself, but uh, it was it was a blast to watch. That was beautiful. That was, uh, and uh, the formation change as well. I think was a big one. Um, but because before that, it was kind of it was kind of shaky. Um, but as soon as he he took it to three at the back and, and put those win backs, it was very difficult to play against us from a defensive point of view. No one knew how to sort of um, defend against those two wing backs, uh, Moses and, and Alonso coming in. It wasn't something that's this. You, you have Moses and Alonso overlapping Pedro and Hazard. Like it's it's a nightmare for any defender, right? Oh, without a doubt, it was. Uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it was something that the Premier League had not seen in many many years. Uh, it really threw people off. So continuing kind of on this little run, uh, during this entire season, Antonio Conte picked up a hat-trick of Manager of the Month awards in October, November, December, and won the overall Manager of the Season award. Hazard picked up Player of the Month award in October, Costa in November, and Pedro winning Goal of the Month in November with Hazard in February. Conte was the main man of the show, though, picking up the Player of the Season and PFA Player of the Year awards. Chelsea players also running the PFA team of the year, including Gaz, Gary Cahill, David Luiz, and Golacante and Hazard. Overall, that is how Chelsea, you know, got to the Community Shield. We loved it. We went from 10th place two seasons ago, massive jump to first place. I think it was some 50 points uh, difference from one season to the next, and. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic, obviously, for all Chelsea fans. Um, anything specifically that stood out to you is kind of like your favorite moment in the season or maybe even just like a, a collection of things like, hey, I was really cool to watch Chelsea do this differently this season to so, with so much success. I think there was two, two things. One uh, was the fact that I would say Eden Hazard was our most disappointing player in the season before that. And then he just came on and... and and I think to, to take a player that has lost you know, a lot of motivation and, and take him to that level um, in general was incredibly impressive. Um, but my favorite, honestly, my favorite moment of the season was that run by Hazard against Arsenal when he shrugged off uh, Coquelin in the midfield. Um, do you remember this? And then he, and then he stormed through the midfield, got into the penalty area. Um, I did like a little shimmy in the penalty box and then just slotted it past Peter Cech. I think that was just, that was just him saying, I'm back um, and, and, uh, and, you know, we're going to win the league at that point. That was just, that, that goal had me screaming. That was a, it was a mesmerizing run. Uh, and the fact that he absolutely gave Koscielny the shimmy and just bit so hard. Kokalan is a strong player as well. Like that's why he's in the Arsenal team because he's a strong player. Mm-hmm. And Hazard threw him to the. He did like a double flip onto the onto the ground. It was yeah, like, no, it was great. This is a player that just was just not even. He was missing. You know, when no one even knew where he was the season before. So I think that's a testament to Antonio Conte to to you know because an attacking midfielder he can always do the sort of tricks and the shimmies and and get, and get past players around the outside and, and score, but to but to have the strength as well to shrug off a defensive midfielder, that's when you know he's got his confidence back, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think he did have quite a few injuries and, and some things in that season. But you could tell, like, the fire wasn't there for Hazard no. that season. He really lost a lot of the passion. And he's a big passion player. When everything's good in his life, he's going to be at the top of the game. Uh, and, and we got that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, on the flip side, Arsenal. 
uh, walked their way to the semifinals, beating Preston North End, Southampton. They crushed Southampton. I went back and looked at the scores. Uh, Sutton United, remember the meaty pasty scandal? Because I do. Maybe, you know, a bit of an issue. And then, obviously, Lincoln City in the quarterfinals. Uh, they got to the semifinals. Arsenal surprised everyone that is not subscribed to Arsenal Fan TV by beating... Man City 2-1 after extra time at Wembley. Thanks to goals from Nacho Monreal and Alexis's soon-to-be-gone Sanchez. Uh, I think we can probably all point fingers to Pep Guardiola for dropping the ball in this one by putting Claudio Bravo in goal, but hey, that's just an outsider's perspective. Um, You know, a final at Wembley, right, Yusuf? Going in against Arsenal, a nice hated rival. You know, before we always have Mourinho's uh, head-to-head record against Wenger going into that a cup match or any match against Arsenal, but we didn't have it this time. Maybe the players a little hungover, a little tired from celebrating, you know, the the league title the week before because they looked they came out with no energy whatsoever. No, I remember watching that game and, and I remember just saying these guys are still on holiday, um, and and we knew that a lot of them had you know taken a break deservedly. Um, but I, it's just a game that was tough to see Arsenal losing, to be honest, um, because we, you know, all of our players have been celebrating away and Arsenal had been slated all season by the press, by the media, by their own fans. Um, and this is kind of a no excuse situation, right? You've got, you've got this Chelsea team where, where the whole team has been away and celebrating and, and whatever. Um, so it's no excuse, but I can see why Arsenal came out with more, with more to prove. Yeah, and the whole is Wenger going to say or not kind of saga, it was just not a fun season for Arsenal uh, last season. They'd already been kicked out of the Champions League, ruined their 18 or so year run of that. But Arsenal got off to an unbelievably lucky start in this match thanks to Sanchez handball, blatant, no doubt about it. And it led to Arsenal getting their first goal. I mean, to be fair, Arsenal did dominate the first half, but they are renowned for dominating possession, creating chances, and completely failing to score. So even I felt like if that goal didn't go in and we got pummeled the first half, we had a really good chance of getting to halftime 0-0. The second half started much better. Obviously, a good old Antonio Conte ass-kicking at halftime probably helped. And, um, you know, after a long 30 minutes of waiting, Costa did break through, finally scored one of our chances that we'd started to create. Uh, But quicker than me telling you this sentence right now, Yusuf, Arsenal had came down and immediately scored what would be the equalizer from Aaron freaking Ramsey. I know. And I think think that whole, you know, situation right there with, with with that Aaron Ramsey goal straight after the Diego Costa goal, it's, it's, Symbolic of how much our heads were not in that game, um, you know. To I think the the fact that I, I think it just proves that we weren't there mentally because we you know we scored a goal that's great, and then they were all probably thinking oh you know that that was a that was a nice goal you know what did I do for lunch earlier today oh winning the Premier League was good and then boom Ramsey scored again you know I think if we were on last week of the of the Premier League before we won the league that would never have happened. Because they would have no. They would have been okay. We need to get back. We need to get you know get back into shape. Um, defensive, you know, banks of, of whatever it is that, that we play. Um, I don't think that would have happened if, if it was if it was mid Premier League season. It was the fact that we just won the league, and we just scored a goal from Costa. And they're think, probably thinking, ah, oh, you know, it's Arsenal. We'll probably just score another one. And by the time they've they've even thought about what's going on, we've conceded. 
I think that they had spent so much energy and effort pushing to get the equalizer that they finally were like, all right, we can relax for a second. We're finally equal. Let's just get to full time and go from there. Uh, But didn't have an, obviously, Victor Moses not having his best day either. But but that's it. We're just going to end it there. Like that is how Chelsea is now there representing the Premier League side and how Arsenal got there representing the FA Cup. All right, so preseason is now over. Chelsea playing three matches, uh, smoking Arsenal 3-0 in Beijing, losing a 3-2 pretty dominated by Bayern match in Singapore, and then losing uh, a bit of an annoying match, 2-1 to enter with that non-penalty call that was called, and then obviously Mishi scoring the equalizer late that was called offsides. But hey, even the refs are in preseason. I can accept that. Uh, Arsenal, on the other hand, played six matches. They played their notorious Emirates Cup, losing 2-1 to Sevilla, beating Benfica 5-2, uh, losing to us 3-0, and then they t- they drew Bayern 1-1, uh, beat Western Sydney Wanderers 3-1, and then beat Sydney FC 2-0. So, I guess, do you think that the fact that Arsenal played more matches but also had to travel more uh, than Chelsea is an advantage or disadvantage for the Gunners? Depends how you look at it, I guess. If, if you think that, I mean, the, the way it could be an advantage, uh, which most, you know, most people say that, you know, playing lots of preseason games, disadvantages, everyone's tired. But the way, it's, the way it could be an advantage is, is obviously just brushing off the cobwebs, right? Um, getting everyone back and fit and, and, and feeling the ball. And uh, people always criticize this, this line of thinking because they say, oh, the professional footballers, they should, they should always be on, on point. But that, that's not true. I think that um, professional footballers, like the rest of us, um, they have their periods of downtime. And I think playing more, more, uh, more preseason games, in my opinion, um, is an advantage uh, because it, it just gets your head back, in, back into football. You, you f- you're feeling the ball a bit more. Um, you know what it's like to run again. And, 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 uh, and I think it's, it, just, it might just be an advantage, actually. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, to say that these guys are turned on and sharp for 12 months out of the year, 365 days, it's just, it's not true. Even we see guys take dips in form throughout the season, uh, but they're coming off holiday, they're coming off a vacation. They probably even had a bit of like a, a no ball touch kind of uh, rule so that they, they can turn off and relax. You know, these guys need that. Um, I think you're right. You're spot on with that. Like maybe more matches, more touches, more game-like situations can help at the same time that to travel more and leggy. So I think there's kind of a push at this point. I am kind of surprised Chelsea didn't play more. Obviously smashed Fulham uh, in the behind the closed doors scrimmage essentially. But Conte played his starting 11 from the beginning at every single match. So I think that Arsenal had so many more changes even when they played us. It was a fragmented starting 11 for them that that might give Chelsea the edge is the fact that we have more chemistry and time together with our starting 11 at this point. I mean, you added Morata, you're adding Bakayoko, but he's not even going to be fit for that match. You right. know, you know I, I, th- I think that's a good point. I think that, I think the, the difference is uh, Conte's probably gone for like quality over quantity and he's saying, listen, this is my starting team. Let's play it a little bit. Um, and and just make sure everyone knows that, that what they remind everyone of their roles in in this team, um, and let's get, let's hit the ground running. Whereas I think I feel like the Arsenal preseason was a bit more sort of you know experiment with these players, experiment with those players, give everyone some game time. But when they come to the real thing, it might be a bit confusing still as to as to what the plan is. You know, absolutely. 
Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, take on the big question. How important is this trophy? Is it a real trophy or is it only a trophy if we win it, a la Mourinho and Manchester United claiming they won three trophies last season? That was a good, he's, he's the king of mind games, isn't he? He's always, oh, he'll, always, he'll always twist it and that's why I miss him. But, uh, but I don't know. You know, this is a stat that I, I don't know if you know and uh, if you don't, it's a shame because I don't know it. But how many times has a, like in, you know, in the last sort of 10 seasons, how many times has the charity or community shield winner gone on to win the Premier League? That would be an interesting stat to look at. Um, and I'm not sure what the answer is, but I don't remember that many times where, where it's happened. Um, and that's probably not to say that it's not a real trophy because it's the week before Premier League. And I think at that point, all the players are in a competitive mindset. Um, and I don't think they see it as a friendly. I think they see it as a, as a sta- I think they'll always see it as a statement of intent. And I think the loser will always say it's not a trophy and the winner will always say, you know, that was a good show of our intent. Um, I think it's important though. It's an important game more than it's an important trophy in my opinion. So I can, I'm pulling up the results of the last few years. So obviously United yeah. won it last year. They didn't win the league. Arsenal nope. won it in 15. They didn't win the league. Uh, Arsenal beat City in 14. Didn't win the league. United won it in 13. Now, I don't remember what happened in 2014, so there's a shout that they might have done it. City won it in 2012. Again, that might have been them. And then United won it in 11 and 10. Chelsea won it in 09. We went on to win the 9-10 the season with Ancelotti, right? Yeah, and we actually won the 14-15 season. Are you talking about the 13-14? The so, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, United won it in 2013. Uh, I'm not sure who uh, won the 13-14. City, City won that, that, that year. Okay. So, I mean, you know, I don't think it's necessarily indicative, but with United being in it three out of four years from 2010 to 2013, I'm sure they captured both. And then I think Chelsea in 09 um, might have captured it that season. But, you know, nonetheless, like I said, I was just kind of poking around to try to see you being in London, uh, having a much better idea. You know, I feel like it's a trophy, but you're not going to parade it, right? There's no open bus. It's not... It's not like it's beginning of the season. Really, I think realistically, yeah. at least my view is, you haven't proven anything yet. This is a one-off. Right. I think here in, in London, it's no one's excited necessarily about the winner of the game, but everyone's excited to see, you know, the new signings like Morata play or, or Lacazette, and uh, they want to. I think I feel like people are watching the game more to see who who looks like they'll be better this season, um, reg, you know, regardless of the winner of the trophy. I think you can you can watch the charity shield and see maybe you know if we lose uh, but we feel that that was a strong performance and, and you and you watch Morata and you say you know what Morata actually looks like a like a half decent player I don't think you'll care that you didn't win the trophy I think you'll be confident that that we're going to have a good season though so I think it's just a uh, yeah that that's kind of the feeling I get here in in London is it's it's an important game to sort of give you a feel of, of how your team's going to perform this season, I guess. Well, good news. Moses is not suspended for this match. He'll actually be suspended for the first match of the season instead. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this will be the third time Chelsea and Arsenal have met in the Community Shield. First time was back in 2005. Chelsea won 2-1. to one, And then the last time was obviously 2015 where we lost one to nothing. Uh, kind of consider the first time Wenger beat Mourinho. Again, not a lot of history between us. Arsenal have been in it way more times than us, but 
that's okay. You know, we're yeah. on to a new season. We're coming in with the gold badge on the sleeve. I mean, that's most exactly. important. They don't have an FA Cup badge. That's the one. That, that's the uh, <laughs> that's the most important thing, in my opinion, is we're going to come into that game with a bit more swagger than they are. You would think so. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next up, let's kind of go through these uh, Chelsea player stats versus the Arsenal player stats. I think this is really interesting because, obviously, uh, anytime you've got money on the line, people do their homework. They make sure that they know who the best players available are, especially for each team, and can kind of go through there. So, do you want to kind of run us through the the, the five-a-side dream team for Chelsea based yeah. on kind of last season's stats? I'd love to. Um, so, like I said, uh, we do as the formation we do for five-a-side is one goalkeeper, one defender, two midfielders so I've split that into attacking and defensive midfielders and a forward um, and obviously goalkeeper it's no surprise that Thibaut Courtois is our, is our number one 68 saves last season 16 clean sheets um, only 28 goals conceded uh, and you know that's that's pretty solid um, I mean saves the thing with saves in my opinion is always that it's kind of like the more saves you have to make the it's kind of indicative of a of a maybe a worse defense. Um, so the fact that you know 68 saves isn't that much, I think that's a good thing. Um, and of those saves, you know, sorry, yeah, of those shots that were taken, only 28 went in this season, which is which is pretty good in my opinion. Um, Cesar Azpilicueta at defense. This guy was a beast this season. Um, 71 interceptions, again 16 clean sheets with with Thibaut, 63 tackles one. Um, so that's. I mean, you know, I'll compare that in a second to to the Arsenal defense, um, but you'll see it's 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 pretty good. Uh, and then attacking midfield, you can guess it's uh, Eden Hazard. He's he made 84 key passes this season. And to give you an idea of what that means, a key pass is kind of a new stat that that people are using in in fantasy football now. But it's 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 a pretty cool thing to look at because what it means is it's a pass. It's not necessarily an assist, right? But, but it's a pass that you would expect a goal-creating chance to be made out of. And to have 84 of those in a season is, it just means that, that that player, Eden Hazard, is in the right place at the right time and is making the right decision 84 times in a season. Um, and five of those times he, he got an assist, which I think could, be, could have been better, to be honest. Um, but something else that we look at, which, which is quite rare, is touches. Um, so we look at the number of touches that a midfielder makes. And... For me, I find that very interesting because it, when you start to compare it against other midfielders, um, you get a sense of how involved that player is in the game. Um, you know, you get players like like Meza Ozil who might be very impressive on the assists um, category, but the fact that he's not getting as you know, as many touches potentially as, as other players might mean that he's just not getting involved in the game. And Eden Hazard got about two, he got two thousand four hundred eighty six touches this season. Um, compared to, I'll go to, I'll go to sort of um, other Arsenal players in, in a minute. Um, defensive midfielder, as we know, Ingolo Kante, he made 82 interceptions. Uh, so compared to Cesar Bilicueta's 71, um, he won 197 duels, 21 key passes. Um, so you know, for a player who's not known for his attacking forte, to have 21 key passes compared to Eden Hazard's 84, I think that's uh, that's pretty respectable, right? Um, and then the new guy, uh, Alvaro Morata. So obviously these stats aren't based on Premier League. They're based on his time in, uh, in, at Real Madrid. Um, and before we kind of look at these stats, it's, it's also cool to note that 
most of these stats are him coming off the bench. Um, so he got 15 goals last season basically as a bench player. He wasn't the number one player, right? His, the number one player was, uh, was, was Benzema. And he's still getting 15 goals, which as a starting striker in the Premier League, you're still thinking is pretty respectable. Um, what I think is the most impressive stat for Morata is 30 shots on target out of 55 shots, um, which is apparently one of the best um, sort of shot on target percentages in, in the league, uh, the La Liga last season, um, which is pretty impressive. It's, a, it's around a 60% um, shot accuracy rate. So that's that's the Chelsea team. That's my Chelsea sort of dream team. It's uh, Thibaut Courtois, Cesar Espilicueta, Hazard in attacking midfield, N'Golo Kante defensive midfield, and Alvaro Morata in, uh, as a striker. No, this is really interesting. We actually did kind of a, a flash poll on Twitter today about ranking Chelsea center backs in order. Uh, and Dave yeah. came out on top. It was Dave, Louise, then Cahill, Rudiger, and Christensen. I think you can – Christensen and Rudiger are essentially on the same level. Uh, but right. The fans love Azpilicueta back there. And you can tell by his interceptions and tackles one, it's because his work rate is through the roof. I mean, that guy just literally does the dirty work. Uh, It'll be tough. He's he's a quiet player, right? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And I think that's why he's vice captain, unsurprisingly. Absolutely. It'll be tough not having Hazard in the lineup, obviously, of course. uh, But, you know... It will, thankfully, Pedro and William both looked, I thought, pretty sharp this preseason. Pedro coming back. He's got the mask. Add that to the list of Chelsea players that have had to wear a mask. Uh, and then, you know. The fame uh, mask. Exactly. It's kind of this crazy Chelsea curse, but I don't want to jinx anyone with that. Uh, but then finally, uh, Mishi Batshuayi versus Alvaro Morata. We'll kind of have to see what Conte's thinking. You know, he's tried playing them uh, next to each other. He's even put all three in the attack with Morata out wide. Uh, wow, that would be but, cool. Yeah, you know, I think everyone's just ready to kind of see how it works because losing Costa, we, you know, heard the news today that the lawyer is going to essentially file a claim with CAS saying that Chelsea, you know, misappropriately treated him and he can't get us, you know, a move away now. It's, uh, it's, it's gotten bad. It's gotten sloppy. So I think we're already... Yeah, I think the fans just want to focus on the football now, right? They just want yeah. to see the players, uh, you know, happy. And, and Morata, you know, in this, in my dream team, it was always, it was a tough one between Morata and Bashwai because Bashwai is played all the preseason games right and he's actually done very well yep he's looked like a proper striker that can lead the line but then you think about you think about realistically who's if you had to choose one to start the game you know they've spent all this money on on Morata they brought him in um and if there's one that's going to start I would I would probably say it would be Morata um especially since it's you know kind of a preseason game but I don't know it's um that's that's the kind of problem with with these with these charity shield games is you don't know who's going to start um, I, I feel like Conte is the kind of guy that will always put his best team out and the team that he expects will be his team for the season um, and, and I think Alvaro Morata is the guy who will in my opinion I think he'll be leading the line this season um, but let's see let's, let's see I would love to see Bashwai given a chance love it he's proven himself in my opinion yeah, definitely hasn't hurt his uh, chances at all this preseason. But, you know, we do have to go ahead and balance this out uh, and talk about the Arsenal side. Uh, at least one Chelsea legend in here. But who do Check. I know, right? I'm a goalkeeper. Yeah. So, like, this is he's the one who led me to Chelsea. And so every time we have to go up against them, it's just like I, I almost don't want to watch. Right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's a shame. But, 
but he's he's an Arsenal player now, and it's interesting to see as well. Like my point I made about about saves, um, Pudicek is making four, 114 saves last season compared to Thibaut Courtois making uh, 68. And in my opinion, that's a sign of, of a weak defense because he's having to make more saves and he's conceding 37 goals compared to Thibaut's 28. Um, so if we're talking propensity to concede, it's going to, you know, even though he's a great goalkeeper, I'm going to say Peter Cech looks more likely to concede in this game. Yeah, I mean, you put Peter Cech in, um, oh my gosh, who was bleeding goals? Sunderland last year. I mean, he, he's not going to have a great season. It happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I guess if we're looking at, at new boys as well, we've got um, Alexandre Lacazette, who, the, who our Arsenal fans were very happy to, to sign. Um, big French player from League One, uh, 28 goals last season. I think that's one behind what Harry Kane got in, in the Premier League this season. Um, you know, compared to Morata's 15 and, uh, you know, what did, I mean, Batshuayi didn't even get anywhere close to that. So, in, in the forward department, it's a shame we don't have Costa anymore, but in the forward department, he looks pretty threatening, um, Lacazette. And I've, I actually watched him. Did you watch him in preseason in any of the games? I didn't, but I did see he pretty much had about a goal a game. Yeah, real good. Um, so he's definitely a threat. 48 shots on target last season um, compared to Morata's, you know, 30, um, 84, uh, 85 shots and 48 of those are on target. So it's a pretty good, pretty good uh, accuracy rate there. Um, and he's definitely one to, to watch out for. I think he's a he's a strong, fast player. Um, and you know, with our three at the back, if if they're gonna, I, I assume the game plan will be you know stretch the stretch the back three, pull him close to the mid, mid uh, the midfield line, uh, sorry the halfway line, um, and then try and play Lacazette sort of in behind. Um, that's that's I guess the threat there. And with a player like Meza Özil in the midfield, um, you know. That's the guy that's going to pick out those 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 assists, nine assists last season compared to our best, which was uh, Hazard, I believe, at five. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it'll be a good game. It'll be a very good. You know, if if Chelsea is still going to come into this with tired legs, and you've got you've got you know high scoring players like Lacazette, twenty eight goals, and, and Özil with nine assists, that'll be a dangerous combination that that our defense is going to have to watch out for. I think. Exactly. The only thing we could hope for is uh, Sanchez somehow gets sold in the next 48 hours. But again, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, but Which is why I did, it's actually why I didn't put Sanchez as my number one um, sure. forward. Sure. Um, sure. Because there's all the, you know, the hype around him leaving. And, and usually in a game like this, you're just not going to start a player like that. You just, you'll go for the new guy, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then just around at their lineup, it looks like we have uh, Coakland as their defensive mid. Makes sense. Obviously, advantage Conte. And then their top defender being Nacho Monreal. So I guess real quick, is it safe to assume that kind of the more attacking type defenders or maybe defenders that are pushed high up, they, send, they tend to like rank higher? Because it seems like Monreal is the same type of player as Espilicueta, pushing high, yeah. a ton of high work rate. Absolutely. Um, higher work rate and you're just kind of more involved in the game. I guess like if you look at a player like Azbilicueta, Monreal, they're kind of pushed higher up the field, right? So those interceptions are all coming, you know, they're sort of coming infield and, and, and tackling midfielders as opposed to just sitting there as a, as a, def, as a centre-back, you're kind of sitting and waiting and, uh, you know, an attack, will, an attack will come to you and, and you'll, you'll make a tackle, right? But if you're, let's say, as Biliqueta, and, and you're sort of overlapping Hazard and you're, you lose the ball, you're going to chase that ball in the midfield. So you're going to be getting more interceptions, more tackles, more duels won um, because you're more involved in the game in the middle of that park. 
Um, and, and an interesting, a very interesting player to look at as well, which we haven't touched upon. And, you know, it's always a tough one for me, whether it's Azbilicueta or, or this guy, is, is Marcus Alonso. Um, because especially in a game like dribble, he's down as a, as a defender. So he's getting points for clean sheets. He's getting points for tackles for, for Jules one. Um, but he's also technically playing as a midfielder in that team. Um, you know, Conte's got him down as a, as a midfielder. He's, he's charging down the line. He's putting in crosses. He's getting assists. He's been scoring a ton of goals. Um, so a player like that is super interesting. If, if you're a fancy football player, like you, you're going to be wanting to look at, at, at uh, Alonso. And just as a football fan in general, just look at the work rate that guy puts in because he's, you know, he's not just making the tackles. He's also scoring goals and, and, and putting in incredible crosses. So he's a great, he's a great player to, to watch. Free kick specialist is what we're learning about Marcus Alonso. Alonso. Yeah, man. Put him on the, if, there's a right, if there's a free kick on the right side of the field, get him on that left foot. You know, for some reason, we seem to get some good free kick takers at defense. Do you remember Alex, the Brazilian um, Absolutely. David, David Luiz, Marcus Alonso, even Felipe Luiz, he, he hit a banger before he left. I'm, I remember Alex, and, or Alex he, he smashed it free kick in from like the right side of the top of the box. I think it was Liverpool. Yeah. And that ball yeah. went left and then just curved right real fast. Pepperino just didn't have a chance. David Luiz, he hasn't been as good, Luiz, this, the last season with his free kicks. But um, It's true. I think he'll be... Um, did he uh, maybe at PSG he stopped taking them or something um, I guess I they, had, so. they had a, they had Ibrahimovic right so he probably wasn't taking them kind of lost his touch but I want to see him I want to see him taking some more hits this season yep obviously he had the heads up uh, quick free kick against Liverpool but that was the only one uh, I think that he bagged you know the good news yeah. we had so many more specialists in that you know it's just he's fallen down the pecking order and I think that Conte has really simplified his role on the team and just says Instead of being good at a lot of things, be great at this one thing. Be the anchor of our team. That's a great point. And David Luiz has embraced it and absolutely excelled in it. Yeah, I love that point. And you know, I really like the fact that he put him in the center of that of that three. It's almost like a naughty kid being put in the corner of a room. (laughs) Yeah, he's basically saying, "Look, there's three defenders. You're in the middle. If you mess up, if you try and be, be clever and run up that field." There, you've ruined the whole system. You have to stay in that middle of the, of the three. It's, it's literally made it impossible, impossible for him to do anything else. So it's, it's, it's worked magic. And, and every pundit at the beginning of last season that, that gave us sort of crap for re-signing him had to eat their words. They all actually came out and said, you know what, we were wrong about David Luiz this season. He's been an amazing defender. Um, yeah. Hey, look, they're going off the history of work from him. He showed us a new side. It was fantastic. I loved it. Um, but I actually just want to wrap up this episode real quick with just kind of a comparison of lines. Um, so starting off at goalkeeper, I would say that Chelsea had the advantage being super unbiased. Honestly, Courtois, uh, I would pick him over Petr Cech today. Uh, do you agree with that? I think so. He's, he's got the youth on his side, I think. And just, you know, the confidence, of, the confidence of, of winning the league last season for a goalkeeper is big as well, especially when you don't concede that many goals. Yeah, big season for him to really establish himself as one of the top, top keepers as well, doing it two seasons in a row. Um, yeah. As a defensive unit, all right, you know, obviously we are three slash five. Arsenal may play three or five at the back, maybe a four, we'll see. But I would say no matter what, if you put up our defensive line versus theirs, I would still choose Chelsea's back line. I mean, Arsenal always conceded like soft goals last season that was still a huge issue for them i think that in this matchup chelsea's defense will will be better than arsenal's 
I think the one word that is organization. I think we've always yeah. been, well, no matter who our manager's been, organization and defense has been one of our strengths. And I think this organization in Arsenal defense has always been one of their weaknesses. Definitely. Uh, moving on to the midfield, I'm actually going to give this one to Arsenal. I think that if we only have Conte and Fabregas in there, we know that that's not our best lineup in there. Uh, when you look at Arsenal's, they have just way more options because that's all Wenger signs or short, crafty midfielders. And I think that that is where Arsenal could beat us, especially if we have two in there and they have three in there. Depending on how Chelsea line up, we do a 3-5-2, 3-4-3, however it works. I'm actually going to give the advantage to Arsenal in the midfield, Yusuf. Yeah, I think uh, if it's a Fabregas-Kante lineup in, in that midfield, I think you know Fabregas' strength is not, is not defense. And if that's the start, if that's the starting midfield, I think... Uh, Wenger will, will try and exploit that and he'll try and crowd the midfield out with, with good passing Arsenal midfielders that will just control the game in there. Um, you know, if, if you've got sort of Ramsey, Ozil and, and Xhaka, for example, against Fabregas and Kante, I think Kante's the only one doing any defending in that situation. So I think you're right there. Yeah, it could be tough. Uh, but then as we look ahead to the attack, I know Lacazette kind of brings it into balance a little bit and there's no Hazard for Chelsea. I don't It's kind of a toss-up. You throw Sanchez up there... You have Lacazette and then Chelsea. Are they playing with Mishi? Are they playing with Morata? Are they playing with both? I think that since it's a bit of an unknown, Arsenal might have a slight advantage in that department just because that's where we're going to have the most changes. Maybe not. Maybe we put Hazard, or Pedro and William, two known fixtures yeah. in the team if Pedro's feeling good from the uh, the destruction that Ospina gave him. Um, but I don't know. There just seems like kind of a couple question marks in there. It's a tough one. It's really a tough one. If this was a Premier League game, we could easily we could easily come up with an answer. But I think, listen, I think if if Pedro and William are starting um, with Bashwai, I would give it to us. I think if it's if it's Morata, he's only really played like one preseason game. He wasn't that great in it. Um, I, you know, Lacazette's played a lot more goal, kind of a goal a game. You know, they might just have that that edge on us. But uh, but like I said. Morata has impressed me. Um, coming off the bench, 15 goals for, for Real Madrid. Uh, I, I just think it depends. It really depends. It's a tough one. I'm going to go... I'm going to under-promise and over-deliver and say maybe Arsenal will have the, have the edge here and hope that I'm proved wrong. Absolutely. As do I, obviously, uh, because I'm not backing Arsenal for anything. So at the end of the day, I think that I would like to go ahead and do... Uh, prediction. I just I think Chelsea will win. I'm super biased. Uh, even though it's the beginning of the season, there might be some funny lineup changes. Uh, I just think Chelsea are still super annoyed at the FA Cup loss, even though we smashed them in preseason. That wasn't Arsenal's strongest lineup, so it's going to be closer than that. Uh, but yeah. I just really want to believe that Chelsea can get off to a good start. Because being honest, we've talked about this. It's not been the greatest transfer window for us so far this season. This would really help the fans kind of maybe take a, a deep breath a little bit, even though there's still work yeah. to be done. I agree. I, I think uh, I'm going to be biased as well and say that, uh, you know what? I think it's going to be one of those games where Arsenal might play better than us, um, but I think we'll nick the win. I think that we're just, we're just a stronger team and, and we, have the, we have the confidence of winning the league with us and we're annoyed about, like you said, FA Cup loss. I think, uh, I think Arsenal will play better and I think we will win. Fair enough. That seems to be the story of their lives. But I guess, you know, with that being said, uh, thank you, Yusuf, for joining us, jumping on the pod. It was great to finally connect, chat with you. 
Yeah, it's been amazing. And uh, and if anyone that's listening wants to have a go on uh, on Dribble for the Charity Shield, um, if you download it and put in the it's uh, the promo code uh, London is blue, one word, um, not case sensitive, um, will give you five pounds or five dollars uh, on anything that you deposit um, as a sort of welcome bonus. And that's only for London is blue uh, listeners as well. So if you download Dribble uh, daily fancy soccer drafts. Um, on the App Store, when you deposit, put in a promo code in your account section, and we'll give you um, we'll give you five dollars or five pounds. Uh, Londoners Blue is the promo code. Yep, you need help? Just tweet at us. I'll be happy to answer those questions and guide you guys the right way. Um, and then, obviously, Yusuf, like I said, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're planning on heading to London again this season, so we'll definitely connect with you on that as we expand yeah. our network of Chelsea fans over there that we get to connect with. Uh, and that's just. Awesome. Uh, a friendly reminder to you guys out there. If you haven't filled out our survey, go to Twitter, fill it out. If you're at all interested in going to London with us, we're looking at uh, hitting up either a fall, maybe a spring, maybe both. I think the big one right now, Yusuf, everyone is interested at, out of the response we've gotten, no surprise, but Tottenham at home at the end of March. Oh, man, that's a big one. That's a very big one. I'll t- if you if you guys are coming for that, I'll, I'm going to try and get tickets. I'll come and join you. We'll let you know soon. Like I said, Chelsea fans, we are in the works of playing that right now. So get on over to our Twitter. Uh, you can email, Facebook, Instagram us. We'll get you the link to that survey. But with that being said, Chelsea fans, that is a wrap for this episode. If you have predictions for us, tweet them, Instagram, email, Facebook. It's, you know the deal. You can get at us all these different ways. And until next time, Chelsea fans, when we review the Community Shield match, keep the blue flag flying high. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the London is Blue podcast covering everything related to Chelsea FC. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to submit your questions. And if you like this episode, a five-star review in the iTunes store would help other Chelsea fans find us. 